0: The following program is a podcast1.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Marvelous. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, starring Chris Jericho.
1: Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of thunder, and rock and roll. The spell you're under has been cast by Chris Jericho. Yeah, you know it. The People's Podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom is here. Let's go for a ride. the low rider is a real goer <laughs> oh, that was a hard one man. That's hard to keep that one going. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Talk is Jericho. Jerichaholics, how in the hell are you? Listen, if you can't amuse yourself, who can you amuse, right? I'm so excited you joined me today. Got some really cool stuff. Not only are we debuting a new cowbell tune in Lowrider, we're going to play a new Fozzy Rock song for you today, one that you've never, ever heard before. Plus, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things that's going on this week, next week, and... The crown jewel of the evening, former WWE's Divas champion, Eve, is going to be here. She's married to Henry Gracie. She's Eve Torres Gracie now and is now an instructor at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Torrance, California. She actually co-developed the Gracie Women Empowered Self-Defense Program. Pretty incredible. We'll get into all that stuff with Eve plus all of her WWE experiences, her (laughs) championship runs, how she got into business. She's still still looking good and she uh knows exactly what she's talking about and she knows how to beat your ass so uh, i'm kind of scared of eve i'm excited she's on my side we're going to talk about a couple more projects she's doing she's going to be in the upcoming movie scorpion king the lost throne that's coming out later this year plus as if there wasn't uh enough already she's also in the new tv series matador which premieres july 15th matador That's next Tuesday, people, July 15th. Don't miss out. It's on the brand new El Rey channel. Lots to talk about with Eve. She's coming up. But first, I want to talk to you about uh, some stuff that's going on this week. Very, very cool. Getting even closer to the release of Do You Want to Start a War? The new Fozzie record comes out on July 22nd. You can pre order it now. And by the way, you guys have been pre ordering the the heck out of this thing Uh, biggest pre-orders ever for a fozzy release if you pre-order it take a screenshot post it on the twitter ah, at fozzy rock and we will follow you you can post it at i am jericho or at talk is jericho and we'll follow you so just go for it go do it check it out and you heard lights go out in the top 40 biggest single we've ever had you've heard one crazed anarchist if you pre-order the record you get one crazed anarchist uh, to listen to now But I'm going to play something for you that you can only hear here on Talk is Jericho because you're such amazing people and true, true fans and uh, appreciate everything you do. So I'm going to play for you now for the first time ever on, on radio, on a podcast, the title track to do you want to start a war and if you saw us on the lights go out tour last may or saw us at download we opened the show with do you want to start a war and it's also the first track on the record so i'm going to play it for you right now because you deserve it so if you like it let me know on the twitter so this is it title track do you want to start a war crank it up let's go Smoking tune, right? Let me know what you think on the Twitter. At Talk is Jericho, at I am Jericho, at Fozzi Rock, and go pre order. Do you want to start a war? July 22nd is the big day. July 24th. We'll be at the Whiskey Agogo in Hollywood, California for the release party, release show, the first concert of the Do You Want to Start a War tour. It's called War at the Whiskey. Come check it out if you're in Southern California. You're not going to want to uh, miss this show. It's going to be huge for Fozzie. We played the Whiskey a few years ago, had a blast. It was a packed house. Let's do it again, people! We'll see you at the Whiskey if you're in Southern California. Uh, we got Eve coming up but, uh, earlier this week. Um, we had christian on the show great guest a good friend of mine and he told a hilarious story if you haven't heard it yet about when he got his student loan and but instead of spending it uh, at university he went and used that for his wrestling training then he had a big long story and a long feud with uh, the loan officer snooks who uh, told him he was no future riso and that he would never amount to anything and never be able to pay off his, his, his student loans. Well, Christian, of course, made uh, lots of money, paid off the student loans, and Snooks uh, was never heard from again until today. Because live here in the studio, tracked him down, we have Loan Officer Snooks. Loan Officer Snooks, um, how you feeling today?
2: Well, how, how do you think I feel? I mean, my, my reputation has been slandered. I've been... My nose has been rubbed in the dirt, and, and, and I've been told by everybody that I've just done the wrong thing by, by the way that I treated Jay Riso. No future Riso. Me, 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 what I still call him, and I've, I've always called him that for the last 20 years. And because he, he he never had what it took, and he just got lucky, and now everybody's laughing at me, 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 because I called him... No, know Riso, and I'm looking into an attorney to see if I can uh, sue him for some sort of slander.
1: Wow, Snooks. You're going to s- try and sue uh, J. Riso slash Christian for slander, but he, he basically uh, told the truth for, from his uh, point of view.
2: He, of course, he told the truth from his point of view, Mr. Jericho, but there's, there's always two sides to every story, or, or three sides. In this case, yours, Jay Riso's, and, and the truth, which is my side.
1: Well, I I have no dog in the hunt in this, Snooks. I'm just an innocent bystander. I mean, I did give you this this, this platform to air your grievances. Now, uh, why did you feel that Mr. Riso uh, had no future?
2: Well, right, I mean, he wanted to be in the promising business, and, and he should have, I mean, he, you know, you can, me, he, me, he, you can say that he was a huge success in pro wrestling, which he was, but he should have probably studied harder, and, and he talked about working in the sawmill. I mean, that, that's a reputable job. Me, me, not to be in, in this promising business with his, his, his gypsies, tramps, and thieves. He, like me, I've had 35 years doing the same job of collecting loans and, and giving loans and watching loans mature and taking loans away from me, for me, from people who don't deserve them and, and I just think that Mr. Rizzo took his, his gift horse loan and, and, and looked at it in the mouth and me me and instead of using the loan for, for the purposes of academics, which is so important, Mr. Jericho he used it for this, this pipe dream of me being a WWE superstar.
1: I mean, you sound pretty jealous there, Snooks. I mean, don't you think that Jay uh, did a a great job as a wrestler? I mean, future Hall of Famer, multi-time world champion, one of the most entertaining characters on the show, Always has great matches. I mean, I think that he, you, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with working in the sawmill, but as far as he's concerned, he did a pretty uh, dang good job, Watch, uh, excuse my language, of being a pro wrestler. So I, I don't know why you just um, don't give him some credit.
2: Well, me, of course you're going to say that. You, you brought me in this, into this studio on this show to bait me, to make me look even worse than I already am. Do you know, me, how, how hard it is to, to have to walk the streets of Etobicoke, Ontario, where I have my loan office and, and my, my Subaru and, and my one bedroom? apartment, uh, studio apartment, where the bathroom is in the kitchen. It's a new thing to try. But you know how it is that I have to, me, me, walk around the streets and, and people are looking at me saying, oh, look, there's no future snooks. There's no future snooks. You still were wrong about Jay Riesel. Me, I, 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 me. It's, it's ruined my, me. It's, 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 it's ruined my, me. It's ruined my life, Mr. Jericho. It's ruined my life, I say. And I will me uh, find this attorney. And, uh, me, and I will uh, sue Mr. Uh, Christian me for slander and on top of that, I have a challenge.
1: Okay, you have a challenge, and what's the challenge?
2: I will challenge Jay Reso, Christian, as he likes to call himself, to a match anytime, any place, anywhere, and if he wants to show up at WrestleMania 31, me, me, I will take him on, and we will have a student loan certificate on a pole match. If he can get to the top of the pole, he gets to rip off his student loan for good, because he didn't pay it all off, you know.
1: He didn't pay it all off?
2: No, he... He had 73 cents in taxes and he didn't put on, he didn't pay, and that's how over the years the the interest is accrued, and now he owes $173.
1: Okay, so you'll put the the certificate on the poll, and whoever gets it, uh, if he wins, he can rip off that $173, rip up the the, the certificate, and if you win, he has to pay it off. Is that what you're saying, Snooks? That's
2: exactly. What I'm saying, I'm going into training, and I'm gonna kick his ass, me. I'm gonna kick, kick Christian's ass, that creepy little bastard. I'm gonna kick his ass because he's ruined my life, and and I'm I'm gonna reclaim what's mine. I'm gonna reclaim me, reclaim me, reclaim my glory, Mister Jericho. WrestleMania 31, Snooks versus Christian. You call Vince McMahon. You call Vince McMahon. You call Vince McMahon right now, and you see if that that match can be booked. And I expect I I need revenge. I want restitution, Jericho. I want restitution. I want restitution. I want restitution.
1: <laughs> Wow, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard that, but Snooks just stormed out of the studio, slammed the door uh, shut behind uh, behind him on the heels of the challenge. Uh, Christian versus Snooks at WrestleMania 31. The challenge has been dropped. Um... I mean, that's up to Christian now to decide whether or not he wants to take on his student loan officer, who apparently he still owes $173 to. Um, You know, I don't want to get caught in the middle of this, but like I said, uh, the the forum is yours, Snooks, to to come back uh, whenever you want to, and I guess we'll find out uh, what's going to happen. I'll put some calls into Vince McMahon, and we'll see what happens with his challenge. Uh, I know what's going to happen in a couple minutes because I got Eve Torres Gracie coming up, and she is uh, got a lot of cool things to say. Maybe she can help train Snooks for his upcoming match if it gets granted. We got a lot to talk about. Eve is coming up very, very
0: soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.
1: Sitting across the table and I was thinking about this we've traveled the the world together and yes. with with Eve Torres but I guess now Eve Torres Gracie
4: That's correct.
1: You're Gracie. That's crazy.
4: I know it is weird.
1: Isn't it funny? Yes. Like that's always like the name for, you know, ass kicking like the most ass kicking family ever. It's
4: kind of a lot to live up to. to be it honest. is.
1: You know, you know you have to just put a R in front of your name and we'll start calling you Heave uh, Yeah, Heave Gracie. Heave. 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 What is Heave the deal? what is the deal with that? Why is it a R with an H sound?
4: You know, it was one of those things that that their their grandfather Elio Gracie, um, uh-huh. it's like he's he's like the jujitsu god. So right. whatever he said, you know, it's like the rule for the rest of you know eternity. And who knows? He may have just been one day like, you know what? I really like the letter R. Mm-hmm. Now it's like everyone has to be named with R's. But but no, the belief was that um, some letters have very are very strong, like mm-hmm. strong letters. So R is one, K is one. I think C is a strong strong letter and should should be in every name. And they're very specific about how they pick their names. Oh, really? Yeah. So they they believe that you have to meet the child before you name them. Hmm. You know, you can't just come up with any name. It has to have meaning for this child, and and it's going to determine the rest of their lives. You know, hmm. which strangely enough is really accurate because for all of the uh, you know Henner and his brothers and his uncles, I mean, they're they're pretty accurate meaning their really? meanings to their name and kind of their personas and how they how they came out, um, how they turned out. So, uh, but yes, our is in portuguese is pronounced like an h
3: mm-hmm.
4: so not only is it are they all our names but then it's even more confusing because they're all pronounced with <laughs> yeah. h so my new family is let's see it's hiron henner Halick helen horan henon and Hikon, and those are just his brothers wow yeah
1: those are all his brothers. Those are his
4: brothers. Those are not even his uncles and his cousins and all of those. So,
1: so, so where, where does Henner fit in the family? Like, everyone knows, obviously, Hoyce Gracie. They, yes. So is that
4: Hoyce is his uncle? Okay. Yes.
1: So his dad. His is... dad
4: is Horion, and Horion okay. was the uh, the first one to move to the United States from Brazil. Okay. And he was the one who actually thought of the UFC. His his father was, hmm. and so he said, you know, there. Little history about about that is that he, um, you know, he came came to America and they had been doing these challenge fights for years in Brazil. That's all they did. His grandfather would just challenge these giants, and everybody would come to watch. He was like one of the first huge sports icons in Brazil. And so then they came to America, and they said n- no one believed in jiu-jitsu. No one knew what it was. Everybody was in Bruce Lee mode. Mm-hmm. Was in like you know the so flashy. This is like in the kicks. early seventies. This is uh, he came in seventy eight. Okay, so in the eighties. And so he just had to prove to everybody what jujitsu was. So what what he would do is he would just have challenge fights. He would walk into like taekwondo schools and be like, yo, let's you know, and he would always come in respectful, but they'd be like, We don't want to teach that here, we only do this. And so he'd say if you don't mind, you know, I'd like to see how your martial art fares against mine. So
1: this was this is Horion? This is Horion, yes, okay.
4: Henner's Henner's father. Mm-hmm. And and um, and then actually all the brothers kind of followed afterwards to start help you know, help this movement. So what would happen is one by one he would take down every you know karate and, and taekwondo. So and, he would just
1: walk right into their studio and say, "I think I can take you." Yeah, yeah. It's well, like karate well, kid or he, something. Yeah,
4: for sure. I mean, there would be these these challenge, and then they would also they would offer money to people. They would say, "You know, we'll pay. You know, we'll pay whoever. You know, ten thousand dollars to somebody who can beat us in a fight." Really? Yeah, just to encourage more of this, like
1: more awareness because, of what it was.
4: Yes, yes. So that's what would happen, and then they, of course, this one by one, you know, just burst everyone's bubble and just demolished everyone's thoughts about their their own martial art standing games, you mm-hmm. know, because a lot of jujitsu is on the ground. You close right, the distance, right, you right, take right, them right. down. And once you're on the ground, it doesn't matter how fancy your spinning back kick is, you can't do it. So uh, so then he thought, well, you know, we need to put this on television. The whole world needs to see martial art versus martial art and see which one is mm-hmm. most effective, you know. So then he uh, he brought his it, you know they have a they have a large family as well, and they have this one brother, Hickson. Right. Who, yes, Hickson is like known as like one of the best fighters in history. You know, and he, he was one so, of the
1: first ones too, right? Yes, Hoyce and Hickson yep, were the two exactly. Kind of
4: are yeah. brothers, and, but but Hickson was very in good shape, and and you know he was like a warrior. You know, mm-hmm. he would go out there, and you are like, yeah, he looks like he can kick some ass, and he did. Um, but Hoyce was the younger brother. So he was a little bit smaller. He didn't look like this, you know, amazing specimen, but he was very good at what he did. So they decided to put Hoist in the UFC. Uh, because then when you you know, when you look at this smaller mm-hmm. smaller Brazilian guy against these giants who he had to face, you're like, Oh my gosh, this guy, this poor guy, he's gonna get wiped and then all of a sudden these guys are tapping out and no one knows what's happening. You know, the small guy's beating these giants. And so that's what changed the whole world of martial arts is saying is now saying. Okay, if I'm gonna learn something, I wanna learn what that little guy knows, you know, because he's <laughs> yeah. beating these giants with it. So it's it's pretty fascinating how it changed everything. But um well, yeah, because that when, was his uncle, when that yeah. first
1: came onto the scene probably in the early nineties, I was working in Japan and obviously Japan was like super obsessed with hoist Gracie yes. and, Hicks and, and Hicks Gracie. hickson. And yeah, Hickson, yeah, it was hoist, huge hickson. in Japan. And uh, he was they would wear the gis, the judo gis, and basically be kicking the crap out of everybody and it almost was like is this real like what is this what is this guy like i don't get yeah. it it was a whole new style of fighting that was basically created by the gracies
4: yes and if you if you watch the um you know if you watch those first ufc's the funny thing is the commentators don't even know what's going mm. on and they're like wow hoist gracie looks like he's in a lot of trouble he's on the bottom of the fight and then all of a sudden the guy is on top of the fight who is, is tapping out mm-hmm. and they're like they, they don't even know what's going on there, and they're like <laughs> commentating, and they're like, "Well, that was interesting." So, um, but it's just to completely changed the idea. And the, and the basic idea is that you know you don't have to win a fight standing up. Just because you get knocked down to the ground doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you you've lost. Right. You can keep going to the ground until somebody. And actually, it's easier to control people from the ground
1: because that's when you can lock them in and get the key locks yes. and wrap your legs around. And your them. Le-
4: yeah. Once you, once you have them in your guard, you know you have control over them, mm-hmm. and so that's that's really what changed changed everything. Um, and that's what I love about it too. It's like, you know, for being, being a woman, like this is, you know, jujitsu has been great for mixed martial arts and for martial arts everywhere, but I feel like it hasn't even served its most important purpose in my, in my opinion, which Which is, is. which is for women and even children to learn this. Like Mm. now people think about jujitsu, they think about MMA. That's the first thing they think of is UFC, Mm -hmm. but really it's, um, you know, it's 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 such a a, a good self defense system. Mm. That's what it that's where it started. Mm. Like that's where it it came from. And so um, that's that's what I do now is I teach women, and and we don't call it jujitsu because it's a little intimidating. So yeah. we have like our women empowered program, and it's just self defense, but it's all based in principles
1: the, of jujitsu. Gracie woman empowered self defense mm-hmm. program. So this is yes. kind of like I remember like in the '80s everybody was into taekwondo, like you yes. said, and but now it's kind of moved into the ju- jitsu. So you have a school that you teach women or, or what exactly is it that yeah. you do?
4: So we actually, it's still at the Gracie Academy. So the mm-hmm. Gracie Academy is in, uh, we have one in Torrance. We actually have one in Beverly Hills right down the oh, street. Oh really? Yes.
1: They're all over the world now. Though, yes, they point, are. Right? They yeah. are.
4: Yeah. We have certified training centers and a lot of people use the name Gracie, but they may not be, there may not be a Gracie instructor mm-hmm.
1: teaching them mm-hmm. because
4: Gracie Jitsu is a martial art. So you can say we it's teach Gracie jujitsu here. Name. Yes. Yes. It's the name of the art. So, right. um, but, we teach at the Gracie Academy in, in Torrance and in Beverly Hills and um, and so we for the first time in, in many years we now offer women's only classes you know on a weekly basis mm-hmm. but for a while I just felt like oh there's not enough interest from women but I really feel like number one you have to have a woman help teach that you know because it's it's like you walk in and especially jujitsu is a very intimidating thing when you don't know what's going on. Looks at
1: just the name of it. Just
4: well, just the name and then you walk in and imagine you just see all these people in, in gis, in white gis, right. You know, these guys just rolling with each other. Like you're like, okay, everyone's just you know are they hugging or what what is what is what's going on right now and yeah. they're just smashing on top of each other it doesn't look appealing mm-hmm. to the to somebody who just comes in so um but then once you realize the art of it i mean you can watch it for hours and it's mm-hmm. like a chess game that you're watching and you know move after move so to the untrained eye it's very it's not appealing at all, mm-hmm. especially for women who are like, I don't want to do that. I just want to learn how to defend myself. So we It's, had it's, to- like, it's
1: like if a woman goes into a gym and there's a bunch of muscle heads working yeah. in there. It's kind of like, I don't know if I want to be a part of this. Yes,
4: right. But I want fitness and I want something for myself. I just want it to be more my style. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we created a women's only program where you don't have to wear a gi. You just come in you can be comfortable and you're only working with other women. And we only focus on um, the you know a- attacks that would happen to women. So the most common threats that women face. You know, we don't, you don't come in and learn like the spider guard first thing, you know what I mean? Right. You have to, you have to start with the basics. You're and, dealing
1: if, if you're walking down the street and, and someone, someone tries to steal your yeah, purse exactly, or grabs exactly, or grab you. your
4: wrist or, right. or grabs your hips or, you know, and, and we, we do it from the, all the way from just like a wrist grab all the way to a kill or be killed scenario where hmm. you have to, if you had to, you could end someone's life hmm. if, it, you know, kill or be killed, like I wow. said. Wow. So it's a, it's a great program. Is this a
1: program it's, that you created? Or? So, the,
4: I mean, the Gracie's created this, you know, mm-hmm. so it's all based in Gracie Jiu Jitsu, and they've, they've been teaching a version of this for about fifteen almost twenty years. Um but back then it was called it was called rape safe. And then they changed it to women empowered because obviously the, even the term rape is a very charged yes. word. Um so they, they obviously changed it when they kind of learned more about what's politically correct here in America uh, and then actually Henner was a huge part in really developing this program and and I would like to say that you know I'd like to think I had some some
3: <laughs> some input there well, too. Sure.
4: yeah so you know I, I really he, he came to me for a lot of insight on on how to put this program together and how to market it and and what things we needed to touch on besides just the techniques you know the psychology uh, psychological aspects of a sexual assault and how to mm-hmm. how to come out and how to survive that so it's been um it's been great but what's been awesome is that these women start just saying you know i just want to learn how to defend myself and i want to do you know maybe get in shape and <laughs> but then next thing you know they finish the program and now they're like okay now what and then they want to continue to train jiu-jitsu mm. so what ends up happening is you get more women training jiu-jitsu who maybe first that oh that's not for me but because we introduce them in a way that's like just women you know just like women with women feeling very comfortable feeling very safe but then it becomes like a science to them and an art oh, that they wow. want to continue sure, learning sure. you know so then that's when there there's a lot more women at our school now that are just Con, con, you know, continuing on to get their blue belts and their you know and now and now you
1: do you train you actually run, train this program or I run do. the program yes. with one of the teachers yes. so instructors I teach.
4: no yeah I'm i and I are the head instructors okay. of this program.
1: So, Yep. program. So let me ask you a question. Yes. So you said something that I, I have to ask. So let's say let's say you're you know you're walking down the street and someone attacks you and they've got a knife or something. Yes. Kill or be killed, what do you do?
4: Yes. So well knives are knives are a different situation. So, what we, we always say if someone has a knife or a a weapon I say run I say give them Whatever you want oh. if, they, if they want your purse You give it to them If you want money At that point It's not worth you Trying to be a hero And trying to fight for it You know
1: You're talking Someone's like choking you Or yes, something Yes I'm okay. talking
4: about Maybe they've already isolated Because usually You know Especially for women Men I feel like Face a little bit Different situations For women you know, our worst case scenario is we're isolated somewhere. We had been taken from a, mm-hmm, a location. Mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. isolated somewhere. We don't even know where we're at. We're with a, an attacker or a sexual predator, and you know, there, there's no there's no escape, right? Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's the worst case scenario for a woman. And so, if it's just you and somebody and your your attacker, what do you do to defeat them? Right. And the the idea in jujitsu is that you don't you don't defeat them. You allow them to defeat themselves. Hmm. Right. So.
1: Wait Meaning, for them to make the first move. You make,
4: yeah, you 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 have to allow them to make the first move. Then you know the guard position, which um, which you're familiar with, is one that's really important because that's where you can. That's almost like your safety zone. Mm-hmm. And which is fascinating because in a sexual assault situation, where does a man want to end up inside a woman's legs, mm-hmm. which is the guard? But mm-hmm. from the guard, you can control them. You can control punches. You can submit them with a you know an arm wow. lock or a choke or a kimura. So
1: you're talking about if you're on your back in like a typical like missionary sexual. Position. That's where the guy is going to be trying to rape you. That's where you have the most power. That's where you have the most power from the ground. Good point.
4: Yeah. So once you know that, you know, what now all of a sudden the worst case scenario that you could have ever imagined in your life becomes like, oh, not only can I survive from this? But if I had to, I could actually defeat somebody from this position. Like, it's just fascinating. So how,
1: how could you do that?
4: So, um, I mean, we could demonstrate right now, but you know, (laughs) no one would be able to see it, but like, I mean, there's, there's, there's all types of submissions. So basically from there, from the guard, you know, all you need is like a head and an arm and you can triangle choke somebody Mm. from inside the guard. And especially for someone who, their, their goal, again, is, this, is a sexual assault. There's, there's also ways that you, you use psychology to cr- make those situations happen. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you just fight you know, crazily the whole time you're on the bottom, what's going to happen? They're going to just fight to, to hold you down and, and to control you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to exhaust your energy. Right. Right. And then you'll have nothing left. So you almost have to know the point at which you can fight and the points at which you can't. Meaning the points at which you need to stay calm and not panic and and breathe and think about what your next plan of action is Mm -hmm. instead of you're at the bottom of the fight. Now you're just fighting crazily and doing whatever you can and kicking and screaming and punching what, ineffectively to get out and then it doesn't work. Right. Right? So you almost need to know, okay, he's not hurting me right now. He's just holding me down. I need to, you know, relax, breathe, and wait for the opportunity for okay. There's a opportunity for a choke or for, a, for an arm lock or for submission. You're almost
1: rope doping him in boxing yes, terms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: And we even teach a, a verbal like surrender, where if someone's just grabbing you and controlling, and you even say, "Look, please don't hurt me. I'll oh. do,
1: I'll do
4: whatever you want." You know, what you mean like, you, almost, you, yeah. you, you, you do. You have to because that it's a crime of power. Uh-huh. And so once they feel like, all right, we have the power that you know they they've clearly surrendered. And at some point, that does happen, whether it's a false surrender or whether it's real. This happens. You know, we've we didn't make this stuff up. This is all based on on women who have who are survivors who have told us scenarios, and, and from from police reports and from all of that, we know how these things go down. Mm-hmm. And that's what we use to cr- help oh, create this program. It's okay. not just stuff that we're like, yeah, this might work. Right. You know, based on past it's scenarios.
1: Scientific. It f- totally is information. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, and it's effective. It's very effective.
1: Wow, that's yes. uh, that's that makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. Wow. And were you a fan of MMA before you met Henry uh, and got into the Gracie family? Or you know
4: what? Not really. I mean, I was. What's interesting? My brother trained Jujitsu in high school, so mm-hmm. my, I knew about Jujitsu, and um, and it was a part of my life because it was part of my brother's life. Mm-hmm. But that was pretty much it. I actually went to a UFC like probably three years before I, I even met you know, family mm-hmm. and members like Anderson Silva was there. That meant nothing to me and I was just like, Oh, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. But now I would have been, like had looking back had I had been that fight I think Anderson f- uh, finished with a triangle choke I would have been like oh you know I would have been like oh, that's awesome <laughs> yeah so you know it's pretty interesting like I was I was interest- intrigued by it but I I didn't you know I wasn't per se a fan and and once you start to learn and study it means so much more to, mm-hmm. you, to you you know to watch
1: it we've always been very athletic too though I mean obviously three time W B Diva champion mm-hmm. but before that also uh, like a, a cheerleader for the Clippers yes right yeah, uh, dance, I a for dance the Clippers, team
4: on that I was a gymnast growing up up and
1: So yes, yeah, so you always had that kind of that athletic uh were you a wrestling fan growing up?
4: Um I was in the in the like Pop culture, casual, sense. very yeah. casual, yeah, like rock, stone cold, and mm-hmm, you know, of mm-hmm. course, Chris Jericho. Um, no, thank you. Does that always make you He's like? Yeah, I used to watch you when I was growing up. So I know, like, uh, I used to mm-hmm. watch you when I was
1: a kid. How old are you? Yeah, I'm like 22.
4: You're still a kid, dude. Even I get that now, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> what is happening?
1: <laughs> you're the elder statesman yeah, of the Diva like, Division Oh now. my gosh. Okay, I'll never <laughs> say that again. T- tell us quickly about about um, talking about being an NBA cheerleader. I, I know nothing about that. <laughs> I mean, is, how do you is do you try out is it something yeah. where do you travel with the team
4: no you don't travel it's it's actually um it was super fun like but mm. i i only did it for one year because i was like all right i did that because you don't really I'm get paid move. right yeah you get paid like literally enough to pay for your you know mm-hmm. your gas money there <laughs> yeah. and maybe like the eyelashes that you have to buy to put on for the game
1: you get a free tracksuit.
4: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so um but it was so fun like actually i had never been to a um, professional basketball game in my life until i danced for the clippers so wow. my first, you know, my first game, I'm like on the floor. I'm like, this is pretty cool, but then it kind of ruined basketball for me because now I go to a basketball game. I'm like, these seats
1: suck. Like, <laughs> you I used to, to being be right on the court. Yeah, I'm
4: like, this sucks. I can't see anything. Like, I, I need to be <laughs> so back down there. Now, yeah. yeah, I'm like, this is. Mm-hmm.
1: Is that is that what led you to um, getting into the WWE?
4: It was, you know, I after I graduated college, I, I just. But you, know, you
1: graduated college with, like, I'm, I'm, I have two notes written down, and one yes. of them was full scholarship with degree in industrial and systems engineering. I don't even think I can spell that.
4: <laughs> what is that? That Yes, that is that is correct. So, yeah, I got a full, full tuition scholarship to USC. That's how I ended up in California. Okay. And um, and then I was always, like, a very math, science-oriented person. Man. And, but I still had, like, an, an artistic side to me, and that's why I love dance and performance, mm-hmm. you know? So... I went to school and I'm like, you know what? I just wanted a degree where I don't have to keep going to school to get a job. Like yeah. that was like my idea, yeah. and I, I actually enjoyed it. So I went to school for industrial and systems engineering, and there are actual industrial engineers out there. But I graduated and I was like, you know what? I'm I did what you know what I always said I would do, and I got my degree. And I know this this will never go away. You right. know, My exactly. degree is here, and I always have that to fall back on. That was really important to me because that allowed me, I feel like, to pursue entertainment and mm-hmm. pursue my dreams fearlessly because it's like
1: you had a backup plan yeah it's
4: like you have a backup plan like no matter what happens I can fall on my face and guess what I've got this degree that I can go back to so that was really empowering for me to be able to just go out there and do what I wanted to do
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well So, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is talk is talk is Jericho.
1: Hey, we're here with Eve Torres Gracie, former WWE Divas champion. Tell us about the Diva Search, Eve. I mean, at this point, was it on? Was it an internet thing? It was. This
4: is like when they first kind of made it an internet thing. Only the last three. When you when it got down to the last three, then we went to Raw and SmackDown.
1: Okay, so you show up for the Diva Search, and how many other girls is there?
4: Well, first I submitted a video, so I went in and I and they interviewed me on video, and so I do my little interview, and I'm like, okay, let's see where this goes, you know. And then I get a call back a couple months later, like, oh, we want to bring you in for the the casting, which is like 50 plus, you Mm -hmm. know. They narrowed it down from thousands of girls to like 50 and i'm like oh, okay so it um so i went mm-hmm. and yeah it's 50 women who all walk in there and i'm like looking around like oh my gosh i'm totally like not like just i just remember the image in my head and it's all like these girls were just you know bombshells and yeah. like and then like some of them had like tattoos and were looked they looked like
0: how, so, yeah, <laughs> like somebody
4: might think would a you know, female yeah, a wrestler, wrestler would look would be, like, right. right? And, um, but what was interesting was that I feel like that year they were looking for something different, and mm-hmm. I could tell by the, when it came down to me in the top eight, we were all very much like athletic, but kind of a little more girl next door, not mm-hmm. like bombshell, like mm-hmm. you know, um, Playboy magazine, you know, material. So. Not that I'm saying I'm not. I think think, you're you're underestimating yourself. But But you're saying for
1: the certain, maybe like the blonde, uh, the Barbie doll thing or something. Right, 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 exactly. Gotcha.
4: Yeah, so – um and then and then it came down to the you know the votes fan votes
1: who else who else was in anybody else in that that did anything uh, at all
4: Yeah I'm like oh let me think
1: <laughs> <laughs> So
4: actually yeah Taryn Terrell. Oh okay Taryn Terrell was right, in right, my right, right, Diva right. Search um and then the other girl that I was like me and the other girl her name is Brooke I don't she
1: mm-hmm. I don't think Did you had, ever... like was it the whole thing where you lived in a house or No no just... no we
4: didn't do that we just had like one We had When it came down to the eight We did like a few days Where we all lived together Or not lived together We stayed in a hotel Mm -hmm. And then we did these like You know Obstacle courses Yeah it was all on the beach In Huntington Beach We did like obstacle courses And interviews And silly like games And things like that um and it was more just to see your personality. Mm-hmm. There was no, no, yeah, there's no
1: rhyme and or reason. To, like, and athleticism
4: yeah. and athleticism
1: too. They uh, probably knew from the moment you walked in the door if you had any aptitude at all, you could yeah, sign, right? And,
4: yeah, and now I know how WWE works. I'm like mm-hmm. they knew the whole time what was going on. The but, fix was in. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh so it it worked out. And then I you know, I ended up winning that and that was on on SmackDown that they announced that I was um that you know I, I had won the diva search and what did, did you win like
1: 250 grand that was the thing no right? that
4: was the year before me.
1: oh okay <laughs>
4: and that was the worst part because everyone's looking at me like oh like <laughs> you just you, yeah, it. yeah yeah I just missed it and, and so but then everyone still hated me because they thought I just won 250 grand oh, like that's here's a diva search winner winning more, <laughs> making more money than I am like yeah. I'm like no I didn't get that like, so
1: probably, what did you win a contract it was like
4: it was 100 grand okay. and then but you know how that works split like, over four years yeah exactly yeah. exactly 100 grand and Half of that was a contract, and it's yeah, like, okay. And yeah. then the rest of it's taxes, and you're like. Now, oh. of course,
1: we know how 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 wrestling can be, especially I you know sometimes in the divas locker room. How was it when you walked in there as? Oh, you're the divas search winner? I'm
4: the new divas search winner, guys. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah. I uh, I didn't walk in there like that, but no, it you was,
1: didn't. But did you get some flack? Oh, yeah, from, of course, oh, right? Yes, it was like. I mean, the girls in the W are worse than the guys, oh, man. One
4: hundred percent.
1: It's 100%. crazy. I
4: think it's a little different now. It's it's definitely it's different all around now. It always, way yeah, different. Yeah. But but yeah, back then it was, and it wasn't even that bad for me. Uh huh. But it was. Um. I, I definitely got it, and I get it. Like I get. It's like yeah, you, you mean, know, this is something you people have been working their their lives for, and you just watch like waltz in here, and I'm like, hey guys, I'm the new diva, and um. So I I get the, the, but you you got to give people a chance. You got to give people a chance, and it's not my fault. You know, I came in and and I was down to work as hard as anybody else, and I think that's what that's that's just what I told myself. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to kind of stay to myself. I'm just gonna mind my business and work hard. Did anybody
1: anybody warn you that you were gonna? Oh yeah, yeah. I
4: had a lot of warnings, which was good because you didn't need that. Like if I had gone in there thinking like, oh my gosh, I just made a bunch of new friends, (laughs) I would have been like,
1: who warned you though? Because you just came in on your own.
4: Actually, Um, Lena Yada was one of the girls in the Diva Search with me, and she was friends with Candice Michelle.
1: Oh, so she like
4: gave me the whole rundown on like what's gonna go down, and
1: um, what's gonna go down in the high school world of the WWE. You almost need. A handbook like, here's what you're we supposed totally to do. do shake everyone's hand, be nice. Yeah. I used to hate that when someone new would come in and they were obviously told, shake everyone's hand whenever you see them. But it'd be like, dude, you don't have to shake my hand. Like, I've shook your hand like twice, three times a day. Just stop, man. Please and don't. That, shake that was my like, hand the, that's anymore. what I
4: remember. It was, was my first day when it was at Nassau Coliseum, and I just remember it so vividly. My first day as a, you know, when I was in the Diva search, actually everyone was nice to me. People were fine. The mm. day I won, after I won, <laughs> And I remember, um... I'm walking around and people told me the same thing. Make sure you shake everyone's hand. So I'm going up to everybody. My face <laughs> is like hurting because I just have a nonstop smile. Hi. I'm just like, hi, hi, I'm I Eve. Am the- hi, I'm Eve. Yes. <laughs> and uh so I'm doing my best. Like I'm really trying. And of course you can't remember everyone's names. You don't know who you said hi to, who you don't. Like, there's it's, people that worked there for 14 years
1: that I still don't know their yeah, names.
4: Right. Yeah. You know, all the crew. It's like it's hard to know. So and
1: you get to a certain point where you can't even ask. I mean, I've known you for five years, I can't even ask <laughs> yeah, you anymore. I'm yeah, to look I look at his pass. like, hey dude, what's up? I have no idea what his
4: no, it's so bad. So then uh, – but I remember Michael, Michael Hayes coming up to me and uh, I think it was something like I didn't – I was sitting down and Mark Henry didn't have a seat or something like that. And <laughs> Michael Hayes and he's like, he's like, I come here. I need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, OK. Hi. Hi, I'm Eve. Hi. Hi. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like uh, – I I don't even remember what he said, but basically he's like, you're not in a diva search anymore. You work for us now. (laughs) And he's like, I I heard that you're just walking around here like thinking you're all that. That's not going to get down over here. (laughs) That's not going to work. I need you to be nice to everybody. I need you to shake everybody's hand, show some respect. (laughs) And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm really sorry about that. I'll just try to be nice to people. But I was like, thanks for telling me. And you know, I I could have sat there and been like, I what, you know? Yeah. and I was like, I'm not even gonna.
1: You figured think. out pretty quick the hierarchy. Yeah. Of what has to be done. You just right? you just
4: got to do it, and you just you know, and you just prove there's a, it's the only way you can do it is just mm-hmm. you just work hard and. It's almost the people. initiation
1: process of when you come in and how are they gonna react and what are you gonna do and yeah. how how was it for you uh learning how to bump and and all that sort of stuff? Learning yeah. how to wrestle? You know,
4: it was I mean, it was challenging. But I uh, you know, I was a gymnast growing up and I had I had done, you know, as an athlete, you you learn how to put your body through a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um but I definitely remember the first days, like down at FCW and or and um and in, in training just like feeling like I was going to throw up for a week straight oh, yeah. <laughs> after you first learned, like first. Take so they your, sent
1: you down to Tampa for a while.
4: They they kind of did, but what ended up happening is I kind of I was like, I was in LA, so because I won the Diva Search, I didn't have to go down to FC Oh really? Yeah, that was like the deal. You didn't have to move down oh, there. Oh, gotcha. You know, it was like if you won the Diva Search, you could stay where you were mm. and just. But I was like, I need to train. I want to learn. Like I I was like, I didn't come here to be a backstage interviewer. Right, you right, know. Right. So um, so what I did is I ended up finding somebody in LA. I, Started training with Jesse Hernandez. No kidding. And yeah, in San Bernardino. And I,
1: I worked with Jesse years and years yeah. and years ago. Yeah.
4: But then what happened was WWE found out about it, and oh. they got really mad because you know if anything were to happen, if I was training sure, with Jesse sure, Hernandez sure, sure. and I freaking break my neck, you yeah. know that's not covered under anything, and I'm screwed. And
1: how did they find out? <laughs>
4: Uh, well, there was you off? there was another girl. I won't mention any names, <laughs> but she was training with me, and she stooged off. No kidding, because she wanted to like brag to people that she was training. She's like, "Yeah, I trained with Jesse now," and, and, oh, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, I know, like just to show that she was like taking bumps, you know, yeah, and,
3: yeah, like yeah. learning
4: and, and training." I'm like, "Dude, we can't."
3: Uh, so whatever.
4: So then I would would go down to FCW on my time off, but I it was really cool to be actually to be able to train on the road mm. because. I mean you think about it, I mean FCW is great and especially now that they have NXT. Have you been yeah. down there? Uh,
1: yes, the performance oh sounded crazy, God. right? It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's so advanced and so high tech and it's completely opposite from the way I trained. Yeah. It's like, wow, I wish I had that. I know. You,
4: know? you do, but you almost look like then it's, you go on the road and you're like, Wait, where's my nice gym? That's <laughs> yeah, right. Day? right yeah. Oh, yeah? Okay.
1: So you were training on the road like before the shows?
4: Yeah, before the shows. And what I realized is like I don't know, for me. I feel really lucky that I got to learn that way mm-hmm. because I've got people like Arn Anderson correcting, you know, telling me in Fit Finley, teaching me my my, my basics and working with me. And like, and um, I remember my first road, my first match on the road was with Natty uh, was with, with at a Natty. live event at a live event. It was my first singles match. And I had Arn Anderson and, and at an edge telling, giving us feedback on our match after our match. And I'm like, where else do you get? That's that?
1: right. It's valuable
4: for my first match ever, and that's who I get feedback from. So from the very beginning, it's like I'm not getting some. Oh yeah, well your drop kick should be higher. You know what I mean? Like it was very much psychology, and it was very much. And every day we'd make changes, and by the end of the weekend, I was like, I already feel like I learned so much in just three days Mm -hmm. with you know working with a great a great veteran, you know Natty, and then also having invaluable feedback from. Arn and and you know it's like it's just amazing and
1: you mentioned fit who works mostly with the divas how yes. how important was fit to your career oh and gosh. your matches and and basically all of the women's division he's the guy that's fit, assigned every time
4: fit is the divas division i mean yep. he, oh, he yeah. really is Great like quote. he is the heart of all you know he was the one who would he it's like he just believed in us even when we didn't believe in ourselves that's mm-hmm. what i always felt like about fit like you know, I'd be like, Oh, I don't know and he's like, Nope, you you're just gonna, you can do it and he would put together these you know, these, these great matches that we had a lot of fun with and he just knew he was very good at calibrating what we could and couldn't do and what we were capable of and what we weren't. You mm, like know?
1: exemplifying the strengths and hiding your weaknesses yes, kind of yeah,
4: exactly. And um and I just I remember when Fit was gone for a few years and we were just lost.
1: Did no one really replaced him? No one replaced he, him. He he had a way of talking to the to the girls, to you guys.
4: Yeah, he just got us. Like he knew when we were kind of you know, girls get emotional. They get upset. They get, you know, and it's like, you just need to know, and not that he ever, cause he would be hard on us too. And he would just say, he'd like, be like, that sucked. <laughs> so he would be honest with us if something wasn't good, but he still knew how to, He just knew how to deal with us, you know? It's so
1: funny because, you know, I'm sure you know this, but Fit Finley, like in the early 90s, was one of the most uh, amazing heels and just a killer. Like, he would beat the crap out of guys. (laughs) One of the most uh, critically acclaimed guys. So, what a rib that he ends up with. (laughs) Well, I almost wonder if it was a rib at first, (laughs) but then, as any good worker will do, okay, I'm going to take what I'm given. I'm going to make it great. That's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what he did with, with, I bet you, I, I say, I would say almost probably ten out of ten girls, not even nine out of ten. Ten out of ten girls would say what you just said about Fit yeah. Finley and the, yeah. and the women's division. One
4: hundred percent. You know,
1: made you a better worker just from working with him.
4: Yeah, and so it's like, all right, you're going to give me the women's division. Well, I'll make the women's division better than some of your men and men matches. And that's, and what, that's what, how it was what, what happened in some parts of you know some points in history. It's like so, I mean, he was just, and I remember when he came back, I remember seeing, I walked in and he was there and I just started crying. Like, it was like my dad had come back after, you know, war right, or something. Right, being in war, yeah. I was like, oh, where yeah. have you been?
1: If it was let go for a few years for basically political red tape, yeah, and like you said, yeah. when he came back, everyone was so excited oh, and so happy. God, you just... Who were some of your favorite opponents to work with? Because around that time was kind of, in my opinion, if you're dealing, when did you start? 2007? 2007, so 2008, yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten 7, 8, 9, 10 was a real conversation kind of golden age with the divas in work rate and also to my opinion looks like it was yeah. the, the like the the, the hottest period for sure. ever for yeah. the divas and and the matches you guys were having were, were really good as well.
4: Yeah, I you know I I feel like I had the opportunity to work with some really great opponents. I mean, in the beginning like I didn't I, I wish I would have been able to work more with like Mickey when she was there mm. um, and Melina and but they kind of by the time I started getting my stride. Um, they were already gone from the WWE. So, but my, you know, the opponent I learned from the most was Beth.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I
4: worked for Beth for probably a year and a half straight and I just, I learned more working with her than anything. I mean, she, she was so helpful and Beth is such a just a giving, you know what I mean? Just a, a yeah. giving Work and she just believes in, in what she's doing. She really wants to create something magical and something great. And my best moments were with were with mm. Beth. You know, I remember Madison Square Garden actually twice having matches with her and just we both came back and we were just in tears, just crying and hugging each other like because it was just like magical. And, and plus it's
1: Madison Square Garden. And
4: plus it's MSG, yeah. Like to have Like that. even if
1: you don't know you know the name, but when you get in that place I was talking with my dad about this a few weeks ago. I mean, it's 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 just it's it's is the most famous arena in the world, and there's something about that place where you want to have a great performance. Yeah, you not do. that you don't every night, but there especially.
4: Well, and it meant I remember that one meant so much to me because I remember actually like a couple years prior I had a match at MSG that was just like garbage. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like I think it was like a six diva something schmas, and it was like. It was just a really – I left feeling really just like defeated and like mm-hmm. here I am at this – you know, one of the top venues in the world for performance and for – and and I just felt like we didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like – and I didn't get it and I, it was really frustrating for me and so to kind of come full circle and then – so I had all these bad memories at MSG for a while. And yeah. then to finally turn that around and have my two favorite matches be at MSG were like – it was just amazing. So now I, I – I love, I have like a ranger shirt that I got from that <laughs> that that being there at the um, at MSG and I like every time I wear it I'm like oh.
1: So okay. who did you win the your first title?
4: It was um, with Maurice, Maurice actually. Okay.
1: So when you came into the company, it was as a wrestler, it wasn't as a backstage interviewer? And I,
4: well, like- yeah. I actually started as a backstage interviewer. I did backstage interviewing for a year while I was kind of training. Okay. You know what I mean? So while I was training and learning, um, I I. Uh, was, you know, still a backstage interviewer because they wanted my face on
1: sure, television. Yeah. it give you experience.
4: Yeah, and. yeah, and it was great. It, was, it actually was perfect because I got to kind of learn the ropes and figure things out, you know, before just being thrown out there mm-hmm. which is what happens with so many girls. Mm-hmm. Now they have NXT so that helps a lot because they get yeah, exposure yeah, yeah. to be on television and have matches in front of, Audiences without it being like in front of millions of people, which is <laughs> but you, the- could,
1: you could always talk too, which a lot of times in the Divas Division, girls didn't really get a chance to talk a lot. Yeah, so just by doing the backstage interviewing too, that you were able to kind of work Got on that and get it. Yeah, get it comfortable. Yeah. So, uh, were, did you enjoy heel babyface both?
4: Oh, I love being a heel <laughs> was way better, especially as a woman. Yeah, you, you know, unfortunately, just the female babyfaces get nothing mm-hmm.
3: in WWE, mm-hmm. and in my
4: opinion. You know, there's yet to be in a long time. There has not been like a really strong female, you know, right. baby face. And um, but the heels, there's been some great runs for some some heels. You know, when AJ was a heel, when I was a heel, like it was. Um, and when
1: you were a heel, uh, was this? Because I remember at one point you were kind of like the general manager or yes, assistant. Because I remember we did a, a couple bits where you yes. like you were like knew all the rules of the contracts <laughs> yeah. and all this stuff. Like you're really good at yeah. At, at it was all that Johnny's sort of little. You know, That's right, Johnny's little yeah. assistant, right? Yes. Yeah, because that was that was as a heel, obviously.
4: Yeah, and that was, yeah, that was so, just so much fun, and I I really that's when I felt like I started just really becoming comfortable and having enjoying it. You know, mm-hmm. for so long you're so worried about doing things right, and am I stepping on people's toes, or am I like, you know, and second guessing yourself and everything. And yeah. I feel like it's good just to everyone should be a heel at some point because it's like almost all, all the rules go There's out no the rules, door. Right. Yeah, all the rules go out the door, so you're just allowed to be like kind of free and just. Yes. You know, express yourself and have fun with it, and then you can almost learn from what you learn from there to go back to
1: yeah, being a face.
4: I feel like in making a good face because you know what you wanted as a heel to work with.
1: I find know? too yeah, when you when you are a heel, uh, it's always easier to turn. But it's 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 easier to make people hate you. Than it is to make them like you, but once I'm they, really good
4: at making people hate. Me. Apparently, <laughs> that's what I learned when I was there.
1: But once, yeah, right. I'm not talking about you know, yeah. behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Uh, but once you, once people hate you, it's hard to make them stay hating you, it's true. and that's when you start turning. Because everyone's
4: babies. a little bit of a, like, there's a little bit of a badass. You have more a bit of, yeah, yeah. It's like so all they,
1: the best bad guys in history end up being good guys. Darth yeah. Vader. Yeah. Uh, you know, Doctor Silence Lambs, Doctor Hannibal Lecter. Yes, right. Uh, Freddie Krueger. Yeah. You know, all these guys become more entertaining than the people that they're killing. Mm-hmm. And that's why you start looking at <laughs> heels better, you yeah. know.
3: But,
1: it's you know, so we true. talked earlier when you first came in. It's amazing how the conversation goes. But I said we've toured the world together. I remember yeah. a couple specific things because that's one thing about the WB, We do tour worldwide. Yeah. And when I say worldwide, I'm talking about the ones I remember was we were in Iraq together. Yeah. Remember, yeah. uh, we had our little uh, little gang.
4: Yeah, a little uh, beard. Te-
1: uh, yeah, Team Cock and Balls, team, team, or whatever team it was. Cock and yeah. Balls, yes. <laughs> Where we had our little mascot. Yeah, we found this little mascot <laughs> on the back of the bus, and it was a a, a giant uh, penis with balls that were his legs. Yeah, and, and like a, a, little, f- a little face. Little face on it. Yeah, <laughs> Team Cock and Balls. I remember yes. that, because I always talk about MVP about yep. that, and you were in it too. Yeah. And how did you enjoy touring uh, Iraq?
4: Gosh, that was those are some of the most memorable times yeah. I had in WWE. I mean, besides, aside from the matches, like. Those were experiences that I wouldn't trade for anything in the mm-hmm. world. And it just it teaches you so much about just about life, you know, mm-hmm. is and for those who are, don't have somebody in their family in the military, or don't have experience in the military firsthand, to go out there and really see what's going on, and also just feel the appreciation that 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 you get from just being out there and yeah. you know visiting them is like it really changes your perspective on what's going on in the world and what right. kind of sacrifices people are making. And and it, after that, it was like, all right, now I have. I feel like I have a, a lifelong. Um, you know commitment to our military, and which I still carry out. You know by teaching, we we teach uh, Gracie survival tactics to military and law enforcement. Okay, and, then, and I got to do that Stars and Stripes yeah. reality show, which was a that's right. You know for the for the military as it was well. Like actually
1: being in the army, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah
4: co- somewhat. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I'm like quote Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um,
4: so I was always was,
1: amazed. That, like at first, when we first started going over there years ago, I was a little bit like trepidatious about it because I, I was like, in my mind, I'm going to a war zone and there's going to be like, you know, shooting. And yeah. then the first time that I actually went over there, like I couldn't believe how, like you said, how amazing it was and how appreciative everyone was. Like, you know, thank you so much for coming over here for, you know, three days. I mean, well, these guys are over for 18 months, yeah. haven't seen their children that were yes. born and then they went away for like a year and a half. I couldn't believe how long their tours were.
4: Yeah, I know. You know? It's just, it's just And just how excited
1: they were to see us, how much it meant to them. Yeah, and
4: and that's what you you get is that you get the sense that it's almost like they've been forgotten. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That they're out there and no one knows that they're there. They're not getting the You know, like they're not getting these medals of honor. They don't have a book out about what their experiences were, and they just go. They come back, and most people have no idea what they went through. Yeah, ever. And so it's easy to feel, I'm sure, like okay, I'm out here doing my thing but no one really cares Does no one really, really know, know? No, you know and everyone wants to feel not that you do everything in life to get notice for it to get not- you know to get thanked or patted mm-hmm. on the back but you you know it's nice to feel that like oh here I put in all this hard work and somewhere I'm gonna get this back yeah and they're you getting know, some the sort of
1: recognition and some sort of appreciation and we gave them that yeah. you know to go over there yeah. and also too like when we toured Iraq meaning the WWE, it's not like a typical USO where you go to the main base and you <laughs> hang out and you know we would go everywhere the US, to the outposts in the middle of nowhere. And, like, middle of All nowhere. the fobs
4: and like, yeah, middle of just dust and yeah. dirt. it would smell like...
1: It, it oh. was awful. And I remember yeah. you would go to the outpost. It was called Outside the Wire where it's not, a, it's a unsecured war zones, etc. But the guys would always be so happy like, okay, there's some wrestlers, fine. But the diva, like, you know, I'm sure when you showed up, there's, oh my gosh, it's a pretty girl. Hello, how are you? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you get that real, you feel like Marilyn Monroe or something I like know, that I you know it, it
4: was great You know And it's good to even know Like wrestling fans or not Like they all just were so Just
1: excited like, yeah. to see you Right
4: Yeah And to see Americans that, like, Yeah yeah,
1: you know. yeah That cared yeah. Did you not Did you go over there one time Like we did tours. I think I did three Where we would do a show And yes. then they stopped doing that Yeah You just went over Just with Vince right Yeah
4: So I went over Twice actually I went once with um, with Vince and Vince always
1: goes Vince always Every goes Every year
4: Every year and, um, and I commend him for that Because it's a lot of It takes so much energy out of Especially Vince, like, takes energy out of all of us,
1: yeah.
4: but it's amazing how exhausting that can be to be on the entire time because you don't, you know, there's not one person that you want to just be like, oh, hey,
1: no, you know, like, every, every person, single person that's you right, meet, you
4: want to give everything you have inside of you to them, yeah, you know, smiling and, and engaging and talking. And but it's, I mean, it can be exhausting by the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, because we
1: would land yeah. after a, like a 15 hour flight through Rammstein in Germany and the yeah. big. I don't even know what it's called Aircraft carrier thing It was was cold And we would land And you'd have like An hour to stitch uh, Dash your bags Throw your bags away And then you'd go out And start meeting Greeting For like three days straight Yeah And like you said You're always on Yep so, yeah. we, so you went with Vince. I mean, how, I went with Vince. How was I went that?
4: with um, with Barbie actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember the two of us went, and it was it was great. You know, it's a, it's the same thing. It was a lot of touring. It was just nonstop touring. Big Show was there too, which you know he uh, <laughs> no actually Big Show was great. He yeah. uh, he like he was just messing with us the whole time. Yeah, you of know, course, just causing trouble. That's him, of course. And uh, but. You know, and again, that was the first time I really got to see kind of Vince one-on-one, too. Mm -hmm. You know, like you never – you always see him in Gorilla. You see him in passing. You get to shake his hand, talk to him. But for most of us, we never really get time to see who Vince is. real one-on-one,
1: yeah. Yeah,
4: and it was – that was really cool just to see and – see how he is with everyone and, and how appreciative he is how
1: did you how did you like Vince as far as a relationship I always, always
4: love Vince and I think you know Vince always appreciated me which I know I felt like he always respected me mm. which was really great you know and, sure. and um, obviously I've seen the other side of Vince with other people which I never wanted to go there so I was like <laughs> I'm glad I never had experienced that side of him yeah um, but I always had a, you know I always felt great and he always was very even even to the day that I had to you know ask for my release and had my last match he was so you know respectful and just thank you for everything you've done and you know the door's always open and was really great so i, I always feel you know i feel really happy with my mm-hmm.
1: with your experience Yeah, my what, experience what made there. you decide that you like you said you asked for your release so obviously yeah. your contract wasn't up yeah. what what led you to that decision
4: you know it, it was it was a lot of things um, i had you know especially as as a woman there you kind of feel like you get to a point where you're like I don't know how much more mm. I'm going to, I could have stayed for a few more years and ex- had different experiences and, you know, had a few more amazing, you know, matches and moments. And, and I'm, I know that would have happened. Um, but it's at the sacrifice of so much of your personal life, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and Henner um, and I were engaged. We finally, we got engaged that uh, 2012. Cause you were
1: with him pretty much the whole time the you were in the company, time, right? Henner yeah. was
4: with me the entire time. So all five, five years plus. Um, And so, you know, it just, it got to a point where I can't have a, I can't have this, you know, especially as a woman, I can't have a a marriage and and be a a mother someday Mm -hmm. and kind of be the, you know, somebody who cares about my household and takes care of it. And we we had just bought a house. We were going to rebuild our house from scratch. And I'm like, I, I just can't do that and have this. Right. And and we'll I continue. had and I had another passion which was pulling me, which was the the with um, the women empowered program. And I felt like it really needed just a little push behind it. It needed that female energy. It needed somebody who really needed cared about it. Yeah. Because yeah. Hunter's got so many other things going on that he doesn't. He cares about it, but it's not like this isn't his baby. And for mm-hmm. me, it was meant so much to me that I'm like, this needs my attention and my love and my you know I really want to. And it's
1: some amazing energy into it. to. You mentioned it earlier before we got on the air when I said, Wow, you look great and you and you're slim and trim. You're like, I got this thing called sleep.
4: Yeah. It's, it's amazing.
3: It's amazing
1: how, that works how sleeping you, in your own bed. <laughs> It's amazing when you get involved in WWE, the hamster wheel that continues and continues and continues and it's a nonstop flight, security, bags, rent a car, arena, show, drive, flight blah, blah, yeah. and it just never ends. And when you get away from that, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so hard outside of the actual matches that you're having
4: yeah uh, yeah You, whenever you step away you go how the hell did how I do they that do this? how did I do that for five years and like, like non-stop but you're right it's just the it is it is the hamster wheel that you just you don't even know what, what's going on in the outside world I felt like when I left I actually went through kind of like a weird thing when I left it was like like a withdrawal well not even that no I was like back in this world where I, I felt like I was on Mars for five years my <laughs> friends never called me
1: because they knew you were never they, around yeah never so I, I never
4: got calls like, hey, come over for a barbecue or what are you doing today? And I'm like, hey guys, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody want to m- hang out? M- or, yeah?
1: It's so funny that you said barbecue because I was thinking the same thing. I got suspended for kicking a flag a few years ago yeah. and I was so mad that I was suspended for a month, but it was right over Memorial Day weekend yeah. and I had a barbecue and I was like, yes. I'm actually a real person. On a
4: Monday, right? Wow, yeah. Yes. Like, wow,
1: I can Memorial have a barbecue Day. now. That's the big thing is the barbecue. I'm right? not going
4: to lie. This year's Memorial, Memorial Day was the first time. Because even last year, I think I was traveling on it or something. I was like, Memorial Day is amazing. Like This is so <laughs> fun. Like, it's just a Monday that no one works, and we just, you know, yeah, we, get we get to just appreciate just life and hang
1: out with our friends hang out and be with
4: family. It was, yeah, it was just <laughs> the luxuries in life that you don't really get when you're
1: so. So, you, so you left and you have the the Gracie Women Empowered Self Defense mm-hmm. program. We talked about that, but you got some other stuff going on,
4: yeah. You know, and I, I still, I still, I love entertainment. I actually love, like I said, when, when I really started feeling like I was enjoying, you know, my time with WWE was when I was a heel and getting to do more of the acting stuff and Right um and yeah, so per- right. performing right yeah performance aspect. So I uh, while I was you know so I'm am focusing on the academy and, and and teaching and that but I also um, last year I, I did my my first film which was a, uh, a sweet fight scene nice. with like yeah so it's it's the next um, it's the uh, I have the next scorpion, scorpion yes. king the last that's throne that's right the next scorpion king right movie. here yes and so I got to work with the lead actress in that and we have this I mean I'm not going to I don't toot my horn, <laughs> horn often but this but fight scene. <laughs> Toot, toot but this fight scene is amazing like nice. it was so Did fun you to do it or? so no we had a we had a fight choreographer um and it, it was just it was such a cool you know it was just so different it was the same but different you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i went in with a totally open mind i wasn't like oh i was a wrestler so i don't know what to do <laughs> like i know film fighting is so different but right. but it has some of the same elements so i felt like it's i a lot really more takes. yes a lot more takes and um but I was like, wait, we don't actually have to hit each other?
1: That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, wow. You're allowed <laughs> so, to miss? And yeah, they, yeah. they film it that way? Yeah, yeah. Cool.
4: So that was really fun, and that will be coming out um, this year. Okay. Um, end of this year, I think. We, I don't have a release date yet, but – and then actually this summer, um, I just landed a recurring role in a series called Matador, which is on, which is going to be on the new El Rey Network. Nice. Which is uh, Robert Rodriguez's new network. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And It's a sweet network. I That's mean, huge, for me, yeah. I, I love I love that stuff. It's like kind of grindhouse. It's got like horror flicks. Yes. It's got like kung fu. It's got just I like about a actually, badass I think wrestling thing. is
1: going to be on. Yeah, there's going to be Lucha Libre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
4: there's going to be – so it's just a cool like network that I was And like, you
1: have this, a Spanish background.
4: Yeah, and it's, it's kind of for like these – it's kind of like for like third generation. They call them millennials like myself, where I have you know I'm, I'm, I have a Latino background, but I speak English. Mm-hmm. So you still identify with the culture a little bit, but
1: but I like you said Latino, you said Lucha, libre. lucha libre. You've got the yes. little accent there, so that's great. So you a reoccurring role in Matador. Yeah. Have you have you started filming that? Yeah,
4: we did. That's yeah, awesome. we have. Yeah, so congratulations. I started filming. We're actually right before, before our wedding, and then we've continued. So that's we just, great. We're about halfway through the season right now, and it's been so when, fun. When does that start? Um, it's actually going to premiere July fifteenth. That is yes, amazing on L Ray, on El Rey, which yes.
1: is which is starting. I think it's just started now, like a few months ago. Or yeah, is it on yeah, now? it's already
4: yeah. it's already on now. They have a, another um, series called From Dust
3: to Dawn. From yeah, Dawn, right, yeah. right, 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 yeah. That's so. great.
1: Congratulations and mm. all that. I mean, it, it's it's always cool when you see someone who leaves the WWE on their own ter- terms and goes on and does basically yeah. whatever they want to do. Yeah, which which is really cool. Um, last for question: What's your favorite match that you had if you had to pick one?
4: My favorite match, um, I would say, would be Vengeance with um, against Beth Phoenix, and so and that that was the one title match. It was title match. Um, I lost actually. Okay, but it was um, the
1: best matches. You always lose. Yeah, right.
4: Yeah, and it was actually it was the one at Madison Square Garden. Wow, and um, it was it was actually the one where I took the Glam Slam off the top rope.
1: Nice. And Were you the heel or was she I was
4: she was the heel. Okay. And um and I was the face. But it was the right it was right after that. I think I I I made my turn somewhat somewhere after that. But it was like it was just the moment where I felt like everything started to feel like right, and I felt like I was finally kind of earning mm-hmm. my place there with the fans. You know what I right. mean? Because especially as a baby face, they're just like, "Who oh, is this girl is smiling? It comes yeah, out it was and hot
1: girl. Just, you can't take her seriously." Yeah, and it was the first right. time
4: I felt like I was kind of coming into my own, and I, me and Beth just had this like magical like, you know, experience Chemistry together, there, yeah. and we just, you know, we were really proud of ourselves and felt like it was just yeah, it was it was such a, a magical. I love it, the glam
1: thing. slam from the top glam rope. Glam slam the think? Top
4: rope, I know. Do
1: you great. remember when we, I, I was thinking about this too, when we went to China and there was that blue like shmoo statue yes. all over the place. I just remember you and me took a picture in front. We're like, yes. this is the dumb, it's like a blue, a blue <laughs> pile what of poop. was that guy?
4: What was, was like- that guy? Wait, I actually, that reminds me of when we went to um, Japan. This uh-huh. is my favorite Chris Jericho story. <laughs> <laughs> when we went to Japan and uh, remember we all went out for that Korean barbecue?
1: Yes, after the show. We
4: went out for the Korean barbecue. And it was so delicious. And it was the first time I realized, like, wow, I really don't speak Japanese. I have no idea what these oh,
1: people yeah, are yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah.
4: But you know, Jericho was handling everything, everybody had yeah, a great took you time. Guys out for, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but it was like we had to take an elevator down to get to the main street. Mm-hmm. And not everybody could fit in the elevator. So we took two elevator rides down. So we took we, we were we were in the first one, it was like you and then like some of us and um some of the girls were we were all there and um and then the second group had to come down, and I remember Ted DiBiase was in the second group, and we get to the bottom, and there is this passed out, drunk Japanese it, guy on the.
1: It's on a the typical cr- Japanese thing where businessmen <laughs> yes. will get so drunk and just pass and out just on the street. Pass
4: out on the street. So there's this this business, you know, Japanese guy just passed yeah, out. wearing laid a suit, the wearing yeah. a suit, just out. Mm-hmm. So Jericho's like, all right, let's mess with, with DiBiase. And he comes down, and Jericho's standing over him, and, and he's like, yeah, that's right. Get back up. You want more of this? You want more? And he's like in his face. You like see he what just happens? Not, you see what, you happens, see what to happens? You see And I mean... And so, and, we, and then we all kind of like play a little, like, no, Chris, oh, no. don't hit him again. And you're like, girls, and, uh, and D- D- DBS he comes in, he's like, oh man, no, no. And he gets all hyped up and he starts grabbing you. And
1: he ran over and grabbed me and pulled me down the street. He's like, man, you can't be punching street. me. They're going to throw you in jail, man. They're going to throw you in they jail. They got
4: cameras. Like, they got, they got phones You out. see they what got, happens? You, can- you see what
1: happens? Businessman? <laughs> and then we told him that you know, I did not knock the guy out. He was actually passed oh, out in the man. street. I about he got my so pants. flipped out. I forgot about that. That's funny. Really funny. <laughs> Eve, it's great to talk to you. Uh, it's great to have you here. And we've had, like I said, we've traveled the world together and we both made it out on the other side. Right. And congratulations. We'll be looking for Matador on El Rey. Uh, Scorpion King, The Last Throne is coming out. And the Gracie Women Empowered Self-Defense Program, which is in Torrance.
4: Yep, it's in Torrance. But you can also um, look at GracieAcademy.com and GracieUniversity.com for, um, for the Women Empowered Online.
1: It's always nice talking to somebody that you know could kick, kick your ass. I'm you like, that's why I like this table in the middle here. I don't have to worry <laughs> about it. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Thanks to Eve Torres Gracie for being here today. Thanks to all of you for listening. I know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to schwoz from, and I'm always excited to know that you schwoz mine. Hope you enjoyed the new Fozzie song, Do You Want to Start a War? I hope you enjoyed hearing from Snooks, uh, a man on a mission for sure. Uh, also, thank you, for using my Amazon link every time you do your online shopping. Really easy to find. Just go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page, then click on Talk is Jericho, and you'll see all three of my Amazon links, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada A, and Amazon. You ready? Everybody's going Amazon! Amazon USA! Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done, and you're helping me out in the process. We'll see you this week on Saturday night at the Garden, Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in the world. Next week, I'll tell you how the Madison Square Garden show does. I'm working with Randy Orton. Uh, Lots of great memories at MSG. Sunday, I'll be at Wildwood, New Jersey. Monday is Richmond, Virginia for Raw. Tuesday, Fayetteville, North Carolina for SmackDown, and of course July 24th at the whiskey a go Fozzy record release party for Do You Want to Start a War? But on top of that I'll also be back with you next week with more amazing Talk is Jericho. has got so many great guests for you to listen to, but it's going to be a surprise as to who it is. Until then, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Talk is Jericho. See you next week. Yeah, boy!
0: You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at Podcast podcast1.com. That's PodcastONE.com.